Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our senior pastor, Neil Haney. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. I would like to do something that's really special to me. We uh, have been in the book of Ephesians now for um, actually since the last Sunday in January. And Paul prays for the Ephesians church this wonderful prayer that starts out at the end of chapter one, and he doesn't, he, as Paul does, chases a rabbit for, and it's a good rabbit, it's a, it's a, it's a meaningful rabbit, but he, he, he ends up finishing his prayer in chapter three. And so I took those two half prayers and, and put them together, and uh, as Dennis prayed over me, now I'd like to pray the Ephesians prayer over you as we wrap this Chapter as we wrap this uh, teaching on Ephesians up this morning. So let me let me pray this for 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 you and for us. Glorious Father, give us your spiritual wisdom and revelation right now, <laughs> so that we might grow to know you and the Lord Jesus more fully. We pray that our hearts would be flooded with light, so that we can understand the confident hope Christ has given to us, His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Do you realize that you're God's rich and glorious inheritance? Father, creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, you would empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will will make our hearts more and more your home and throne as we trust in you. Lord Jesus, just be at home in us. I pray that our roots will grow down deep into your love and that the sure foundation of your love would keep us strong. And may you give us the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And may we be filled completely with all the fullness of God. I don't think Paul would have put that in this prayer had it not been possible. Now all glory to you, God, for you are able through your mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. Glory to you, Father, in our lives, in the lives of this church, the bridge, and in the church, the bride of Christ with a capital C, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to say uh, a warm welcome to to all of you, to those of you who may be here for the first time or the second time. For those watching on live stream, I just want to say welcome to you. And and for those of you who just won't go away, (laughs) I want to welcome you too. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's not only the last sermon in this series that, uh, that Dennis and I started in late January, but, but this is my last sermon, last time I'll speak to you uh, for, for um, a good three months. Um, and uh, three months in a, in a week because Dennis is going to preach the, the Sunday I get back so I don't have to just jump right back in. 
But I love teaching. I love preaching. This, is, this, this gives me life. But I am very tired, and I'm ready for a break. And so, um, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was thinking about the fact, I, I was trying to do the math last night and figure out, so I've been here 35 years, and I've taken a, ba- a sabbatical about every seven years. So I, I've been saying this is my fourth sabbatical, but I think maybe the numbers bear out that it's my fifth sabbatical. I can't remember. But the thing that I want you to know is that I always come back. So I'm not leaving. You're not rid of me that easily, okay? So this series is called The Heart of the New Covenant, and we're focused on Paul's letter to the Ephesians church. And, um, and last week, I talked about our age-old enemy, the devil, and all of his spiritual forces that are arrayed against the church, against us. You know, there's two teams on the field, and, and, and you know, God wants us to advance the kingdom of God, but there's the kingdom of darkness that's, that's resisting us and, and against us. But we have the strength of God and, and the power of, of the Lord within us. And, uh, and so last week I talked about this wonderful armor of God that, uh, that Paul talks about in, uh, in verses uh, 10 through 17 in, in uh, this last chapter of Ephesians, in Ephesians 6. Well, this week I want to end where Paul ends and I want to talk about prayer. And I just, uh, I just prayed the Ephesians prayer. And uh, even though prayer is not considered, at least in terms of some analogy in this scripture, about a piece of the armor of God, it permeates all the armor of God. Every part of the armor of God has to do with the power of prayer. And so um, I want to kind of really focus in on an aspect of prayer uh, that, that I think we need to understand and learn. And in, the, in our culture, it's, it's, it's something that's kind of, kind of becoming lost, and that is the whole idea of perseverance. Persevere, persevering in prayer is the name of, is, is the name of my, my sermon this morning. And I want to talk about how, how we're supposed to persevere in prayer. Um, I, I, I always like to define my terms right up front, and so... Um, I want to talk about what perseverance means. Perseverance is, is not a term that we use a lot during our everyday lives, but it's a super important term. And uh, an old mentor of mine when I was in college told me the meaning of perseverance is stick to So you stick to something. You, you keep doing it day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out. And there's an aspect of prayer that is so important in that we persevere in prayer. We persevere in prayer. So what is prayer? What is prayer? You know, I, I, uh, I looked this up, and uh, I always like to, to just look up words, you know, in the modern dictionary uh, that, that, that I would use in a sermon. I don't, you know, I know that, you know, you've got to go back to the Greek and, and, and all the nuances of the Greek language to really understand what the, if you're doing in the New Testament, it's Hebrew in the Old Testament, there's Aramaic sometimes when Jesus is talking anyway. But I, like to, I always like to check in with uh, the good old English dictionary to find out what these things mean. And so I looked up the word prayer, and it was really interesting. Here's what prayer means according to the English dictionary. A solemn request. An expression of thanksgiving 
to a deity or an object of worship. That sounds really spiritual, doesn't it? Sounds really highfalutin. But you know, I want to give you just a real basic definition of prayer. It's, it's just talking to God. It's communication with God. And it's not just talking. Because prayer is meant to be a, a two-way communication. You know, it would be kind of weird if I called Deb up and, on my cell phone and she's at school and, you know, I just called her up and said, Hey, Deb, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it was good to see you this morning. I'm really glad that, you know, uh, got to see you off. I'm sorry I didn't give you a chance to say anything to me before you left, but uh, I just wanted to say that I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good day, and, and uh, I'd like to ask you to pick up some bread and milk on the way home, and by the way, could you drop by the dry cleaner and pick up that shirt, that, that white shirt that I need for the funeral on Friday, and, uh, you know, I'll see you when you get home. Goodbye. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, she's like, well, what if I wanted to say something? And I, I think we need to remember that prayer is two-way communication, it's a conversation with God, and, and I want to tell you something. Uh, if, if you're not praying, you're missing out because God loves to hear us talk to him. And in John 10, if we're his sheep, if we belong to him, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And so, so it's both ways. It's both ways. So are, are you praying I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you are. Uh, I don't mean to embarrass you if you're not. It's just that prayer is super, super important. You know, we uh, 30 years ago when I was, uh, I, I was still associate pastor and Phil Shank, who hired me, was the senior pastor of the church, we had this young man in our church who was, uh, was an intern uh, for the summer. He was off to college. He had grown up in our church, and <clears throat> he came back as an intern and he spent the summer just kind of hanging out with us and kind of observing, you know, what pastoral ministry is like. And we would give him assignments, you know, things like go get us some coffee. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, we, we would uh, we'd give him assignments to do. And uh, I, don't, I don't actually think we let him preach that summer. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But um, <clears throat> I just remember that we were in this um, time of prayer. Uh, and, and as we were kind of you know, getting ready to pray, he said, could I ask you guys a question? And we're like, sure. He said, like, why do we pray? Like, what's, what's the point in praying? If God already knows our thoughts, he already knows our needs, he already knows our requests, why do we even bother to tell him these things, like ask these things? Why can't we just assume that he knows it and, and just go on about our business? What is the importance of prayer? And uh, I remember Phil's response to him. I, I was really kind of mulling that over. And uh, I've got to remember, I was still young in ministry too. But Phil said, you know, uh, he said, prayer is relationship. And God wants a relationship with us. He's always wanted a relationship with us. But he said, I think more than anything... It's not so much that we change God by what we pray and how we pray and that we pray. But in praying, it changes us. 
One of the things that you're going to learn as you pray, if, you've, uh, if you're new to this, and one of the things that you probably learned through the years about praying, is that prayer involves faith. In every aspect of prayer, it involves faith. First of all, you've got to believe there's someone listening. There's someone on the other end of the line that, that cares. And so, it, you know, it's super important to, to trust that not only is someone listening, but God is going to respond. And one of the hardest things to deal with, to cope with, is the fact that God is not in a hurry. <laughs> I've heard so many people say, God... God either didn't hear my prayer or he hasn't, he, he's, not, he's not answering my prayer. I'm like, give it a minute, you know? How, how many of you experience, have experienced prayers that you prayed that didn't come to pass for like 20 years? Just raise your hand. Yeah. That's, that's just, I, I don't even know why. But um, I just remember being a kid and, and uh, I remember being super hungry and mom was just starting dinner. <laughs> and I would go in and I would ask for, you know, a cookie or, you know, something, a popsicle or whatever. And she said, get out of the kitchen. You know, go do your homework. And I'm like, mom, I'm starving. She's like, no, you're not starving. People in Africa are starving. You're just hungry. You can wait an hour. But, you know, she knew that, you know, giving me something before it was time was not good for me. And so we have to trust that God hears us and he cares about, about us and he knows what's best for us, but he also knows that we need to wait. And sometimes he just needs us to wait and persevere and press through in prayer. So I'm going to read the text and uh, I'm just going to zero in on this whole aspect of perseverance. Because you've got to remember the context now. We're talking about spiritual warfare. I said last week, we are in a war we have an enemy, whether we like it or not. Um, we have someone that's being baptized this morning. His name is Josh. He's in the back here. He raised his hand right there. He prayed to accept Christ in my office with me yesterday morning. So he's a brand-new believer. He's, hallelujah. He's being baptized. But Josh, brother, I love you, and I'm excited for you, but I just got to tell you something. I don't think I told you this yesterday. You have an enemy, and you're in a war. <laughs> and so are the rest of you. Whether, you. whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you signed up for that or not, you know, it, it, it's true. And so in the context of, of, of the battle, in the context of this whole mentality that we're in a war, that we're in a battle, we need to remember that prayer is one of the ways that we fight. And we persevere through this, this engagement, this war that we're in with the enemy. And so let's just see what Paul says about this. I'm going to look at, at the last three verses here in, in this uh, section on, on spiritual warfare. And it's, uh, so go ahead and put up verse 18, uh, chapter 6, verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. There it is. Making supplication for all the saints. <clears throat> and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
Man, that's a, that's, a, that's a powerful request that Paul makes to the Ephesians church. And so he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. You know, I really believe the best prayers are those that are inspired by the Spirit of God. If you belong to Christ, you have the Spirit of God in you. And when you go to prayer, almost every time I go to prayer, I say this, Holy Spirit, lead me in how to pray. Show me what you want me to pray, talk to you about, and speak to me as I'm praying. Because, like I said, it's a two-way conversation, but I really want to be led of the Spirit in my prayers. And, And the best prayers are those that are inspired by the Spirit of God. He says, um, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying with prayer. (laughs) Interesting phrase, praying with prayer. That just means talk to God, go after God, press in. Um, I love love this acronym. It's PUSH, P-U-S-H, PUSH. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. And that's what Paul is calling on the Ephesians church to do. Pray until something happens. And you know, the enemy really wants to keep us from praying. He really does. And so he says, pray in prayer and supplication. Supplication is asking God for things. You know, I I think that... Too often, we just bring a laundry list to God and say, God, would you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that? Kind of like the phone call to Deb, you know, would you pick up my laundry and you, would you buy, buy the eggs and milk and blah, blah, blah. And then we hang up the phone and, and it, it turns God into kind of a, a cosmic, you know, gopher. You know, go for this, do that. And, and I don't think that's what God intended. In fact, I think he wants to send us places to do things, actually. However... He is the one who meets our needs. And I've said that prayer is a conversation with God. If you want to see what real prayers look like, look at the Psalms, man. Go back to the Psalms and just watch the psalmist call on God to deal with the things that need to be dealt with in his life. For protection, for provision, for help in difficult situations, for healing, for forgiveness. I mean, it's just, you know, Paul is just pouring his heart out to God. And there are times that God speaks to him in these psalms. It's a great thing to do. But supplication does mean to ask for things, for God to supply things. And then he says to that end, keep alert, man. Keep, stay awake. Uh, We just, sometimes we get lulled to sleep by life. And we forget to pray, and we go days and even weeks, and we don't talk to God. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a bumper sticker guy. In fact, I was, tell, I was telling Kelly Rowe, um, she was cutting my hair on Friday. And, and guys, I, man, I hate to say this from the pulpit, but um, strike this from the record. Um, there was a church that I would pass on the way to work. I don't think they do this anymore. I think they got rid of this sign. But there was a church sign out in the front of the property of the church. And it had these really cheesy little phrases on the church sign. 
And I would pass it, and it's a pet peeve of mine, the cheesy, really weird, silly, goofy church signs that it's kind of like, na 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 you terrible pagans, we, we have all the answers and you're idiots or whatever. That's kind of how this stuff comes across. And I remember, seeing, I remember thinking on my way by one day, if I could get away with it, and I knew that, that no one would see me, how could I put a brick through that sign? At least it would slow it down, you know. At least I wouldn't have to look at it for a few weeks and no one else would. But I never did that. I never threw the brick through the sign. But I thought about it. And I, anyway, but one, one of the little cheesy sayings was, seven days without prayer makes one week, W-E-A-K. Oh, oh. But, you know, there's some truth to that. It's like, it's like come on, we, we, we really need to stay alert. We have an enemy we, 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 need to be, we need to be persevering. We need to be talking to God about the things that are going on in our lives and in the church. There are things that we need to be pressing into to God for, and uh, it's super important. We need to persevere in prayer. Um, and, I, I, you know, pray until something happens. It's really important to keep praying I've been a part of, I came back from my last sabbatical, and I wasn't in great shape. Uh, this time I'm leaving in really good shape. We were talking about this this morning. Linda Fry asked me, uh, did, did you, she said, are you excited about your sabbatical? And I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, are you, are you looking forward to it? And I said, yeah. She said, when you did this last time, which was 11 years ago, did you feel the same way? I said, no. I said, I was limping in. And, and I, was crash, I was about to crash and burn. <clears throat> and I, I really had a meltdown over that time. <clears throat> Ended up having to take an extended time away. <clears throat> That's not going to happen this time. I feel great. I feel tired, but I feel really excited about being with the Lord. But when I came back from there, <clears throat> one of the things that I had on my heart was for us to have daily prayer meetings. I just felt like, man, it's super important to start praying for the church and the church was really heading in the wrong direction in terms of attendance and just things that were happening. And I felt this burden. And so we started praying in, um, in November of 20, what would that have been, 2013? Yeah, 2013, November 2013. So nine and a half years ago, we started like daily prayer meetings from 9 to 10. And that's still going on, by the way, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10. We have another group that meets on Saturdays from, from 10 to 11 down in the youth room. That's called the altar. And then we have another group now that meets on Tuesday nights in the cafe from 7 to 8. Uh, jot that down somewhere, but 9 to 10 every morning downstairs. We're still doing it. And we have been praying for this church. And we have been praying for Springfield and Clark County. And we have been praying for revival. And we've been praying for God to move in this church. And we've been praying for, for God to send us good people. And we've been praying for financial blessing. We've been praying for, for uh, revival. And I truly believe, nine and a half years later, what we're seeing happening right now in our church, the presence of God, the incredible worship, the the, the way God is moving here is a result of those prayers that started nine and a half years ago. We just kept at it. And I'm going to tell you, there were days 
There were days that I came in and I had so much zeal and so much passion. I was so excited I could hardly sit still. And I'd pray for 20 minutes straight and everybody else would fall asleep. But anyway, I was just so so passionate about it. And then there were days where I would come and I could hardly put a sentence together. There were days that I would come and I'd be so discouraged that it just felt like this this fog had settled in on me and I couldn't see the light for the, the, the fog. But it just, we just kept going. And, and the rest of the group felt the same way. By the way, if you've been a part of a, of a corporate intercessory prayer group or team in the last 10 years, would you just stand up right now? Would you please stand up? Look at this, guys. These are the folks that have really carried the burden for this church in prayer. And I really want to say thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. Because God has has answered our prayers, and he continues to answer our prayers. But perseverance is so important when it comes to prayer. There's a story in Streams in the Desert, one of my favorite, probably my favorite devotional classics, uh, about a man who was, he was running from, uh, it was during a war, this was last century, early last century, during a war, and... uh, he was being pursued by his enemies, and he ended up in this abandoned, bombed-out uh, house or whatever it was, building. And he was hiding in this building, and he had to hide there for a number of hours. And at first he was scared, but when his heart rate went down, he stor- sort of started getting bored. But he couldn't leave. And so he's kind of looking around, and suddenly he saw this ant pushing this piece of corn towards the wall. And this ant had this piece of corn. It was like three or four times the size of this ant. We started pushing it up the wall, climbing up the wall. And then the corn fell onto the floor. And then he grabbed it, started up again. And he said, I had nothing else to do, so I just started counting how many times this ant pushed this piece of corn up the wall. He said, I counted 69 times that the corn fell to the ground The ant went and picked it up, and he said the 70th time he pushed it all the way up the wall and over the petition. And he said, I, you know, the the writer of Hebrew, or the writer of of, uh, Proverbs says, learn a lesson from the ant. Perseverance is one of one of those qualities that these little creatures have that we need to learn from. There's a man named Elijah who was a prophet in Israel. Prophets were people that heard from God, and usually the Old Testament prophets would get prophecies about the nation of Israel, and most of those prophecies were about God's judgment, because the people of Israel and the kings and queens of Israel would often turn away from God to, to worshiping idols and false gods, and these, God would raise up these prophets, and they would, they would have some pretty hard things to say about what how God felt about their idol worship and, and their rebellion and what God was going to do if they didn't turn around, if they didn't repent and start serving God. And Elijah was one of those prophets. And um, he had some pretty powerful experiences with God. And, and um, one of the things that God told him to do during the reign of, of this Jezebel and Ahab, these very wicked people, king and queen of, of Israel, was um, that God was going to bring a famine. And so Elijah prayed. God told him to pray. And he prayed, 
and the heavens were shut up for three solid years. No rain. And then God told him to pray for rain after three years. And so Elijah went up on Mount Carmel. I've been there. And on Mount Carmel, you can look out to the west over the Mediterranean Sea, and, and, and you just have this panoramic view of this beautiful sea, but that's, that's the west where the sun sets. It's also where the weather comes from. And so Elijah went up on Mount Carmel, and uh, it says that he knelt down and put his head between his knees and covered himself with his cloak and began to pray for rain. And then he would send his servant to look out to the west to see if there was anything happening. Six times his servant came back and said, I see nothing. And he just kept praying. And finally, on the seventh time, he said, well, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, that's it. And he kept praying. And within an hour, there was what my dad used to call a frog-strangling deluge, man. It was just, this, there was just a, a downpour. I mean, it was a flood of rain. But can you imagine, I mean, you know, praying and, and go see what's happening. Nothing comes back. Nothing, 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 nothing. There are times like that when we just don't see God moving. But we sing this song, when we don't see it, he's moving. When we don't feel it, he's moving. God is always working. He's working. That's what it is. When we don't see it, he's working. We don't feel it, he's working. And so Jesus, I think we have this scripture. Jesus said in Luke 18.1, can you put that up for me? Luke 18.1, he's talking to his disciples, and, and, and he says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Perseverance, stick to They should always pray and not give up. And then he tells this parable about this widow, and in Israel in that time, widows were pretty much kind of resigned to, to poverty. Because the husband was the breadwinner, and if you were a widow, there goes Social Security, Medicare, you're done. Like, you have nothing unless you have children that will take care of you. And this poor widow really had nothing. But there was someone who owed her a sum of money. And so she went to this judge to plead her case. And it says he was an, Jesus says this is an unjust judge, and he, he did not fear God, and he cared nothing about people. And so she would go day after day and plead her case before this unjust judge. And he didn't care. He just said, get out of here. And finally one day, he told someone who he was talking to, he said, I'm going to grant this widow what she's requesting because she's wearing me out. I don't fear God. I don't care about people. But I'm going to give her what she's requesting and, and let her win this case against her her adversary, because she's wearing me out. And God says, if an unjust judge will answer a widow, how much more will your Father in heaven who loves you so much answer your prayers and give you what you're asking? But he says they should always pray and not give up, which implies that it's going to take a while sometimes. Now, that doesn't always happen. Uh, I, I don't know where my cell phone is. It's not important. Uh, my, my daughter texted me yesterday, 
and said, Dad, I have a horrible migraine. Would you pray for me? And so, and so I, I, she said, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm in, trying to finish this assignment on Isaiah. And my head is, I, I, it hurts to even look at the computer screen. And she said, I, it's, it, it's, I'm in so much pain. She said, I'm actually crying right now. And so I just laid the phone down and I just said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this migraine to stop. Cease hurting my daughter. Stop right now in Jesus' name. Ten minutes later, and then I texted her and I said, Lindsay, I I just stopped and prayed for you. I hope you feel better soon. I think it was maybe five minutes later I got a text back. She said, Dad, it actually worked. (laughs) She said, yeah. She said... She said, my friend Ezra came through and I, as you were praying and, and I was crying and he said, Lindsay, what's wrong? And he said, she said, as I was beginning to explain that I had a migraine, suddenly the pain stopped and it went away. Now, I, w- I would love if prayers were answered that fast every time we prayed them. But Jesus says we got to pray and not give up. Pray until something happens. Push until something happens. So, 10 years of daily corporate prayer, and God is beginning to, to, to answer our prayers here, guys. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been praying for things, like, like if you give up easily, if you, if you pray for a few days about something and quit because you think God's not listening or he's not going to answer, just keep praying Hebrews 11.6 says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek. Diligence is kind of like perseverance. It just means you just keep at it. You just keep being diligent to seek the Lord. And I really believe that, that that's what's been happening in our church as we've sought the Lord. Where's my mic? Here we go. Um, where's Jen Setzer? Come on up, Jen. Jen has been a part of our prayer team uh, for probably most of those nine and a half years. Yeah, come on up. And um, I just asked her to share a couple of minutes why she decided to jump into corporate prayer and, and what it's been like for you. So, yeah. Okay. Well, one day I was praying in my kitchen, and I said, God, I would love for you to come to Springfield. And he said, I can do that. And I said, well, you come to my house first. And he said, well, I'd like you to pray with other believers. Because the most powerful place in the planet is where two people come together and agree on anything in prayer. That's powerful. It's very powerful. I want to ask all of you today, do you guys believe that you are a royal priesthood? Do you? Do you believe that your prayers together can change your family, can change your marriage, can change your city? It's true. So I came to prayer, (laughs) and I heard about the prayer meeting down the basement, they let me out of the basement today. But I, 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 
and I'm glad. But when I got there, I saw Tim Rowe and Neil Haney and Jim DeKaiser. And I was like, oh, I got a bunch of guys here. What are they going to do with me? But in the spirit, you know, girls are powerful too. Women are powerful too. Yeah. So we started praying. We prayed when there was nothing. Intercessors, they pray when nothing exists. They pray when the ground hasn't even been broken. They have dreams, and they believe God, and they pray them in cooperation with God into existence. And this church was dying. It was like the stump of Jesse. It was like being a barren woman and having no children, but we were singing anyway. We were believing God that he could change our circumstances. We prayed for the ugly parking lot to be filled with cars. Now when we come in, I don't see the parking lot, I just see cars. Every one of you here are, is a result of believing, prevailing prayer. And God no longer wants you to be the spectators in the stand. He wants you to rise up in your place of intercessory prayer. This, it's not a gift. It's part of the armor. It's a, the part of the armor for every believer to seek God in prayer and to change their world, to change their sphere of influence, to change their family. Without faith, it's impossible to believe God. It's impossible to please God. So believe God when he doesn't, when you don't see anything. But the idea of perseverance, I don't know if it was Watchman Nee or Witness Lee, but he said, Christ is patience. So the perseverance that Neil is talking about today is not self-effort. Christ is our patience. Christ is our perseverance. And as we take him, we can engage in prayer. I remember before I was um, a Christian, uh, some people on campus invited me to a prayer meeting. And I, I went. And the meeting lasted all night long. I could not believe it. I could not believe that I had to stay in prayer all night because I felt rude if I, would left, if I left. But the thing that impressed me about it was that when I actually did become a Christian, I realized that I was supposed to pray and to seek God. But praying with Neil Haney and all my friends out there, Jim and Sharon and John, John said yesterday in prayer that in America is a sleeping giant that has yet to be awakened. Do you guys understand the power that you have in agreement in prayer? Pray, seek God. Amen. When we have prayer here, please come. Don't come just for your needs. Come and pray for our nation. Come and pray. Join hands with one another because that's the most powerful place on the planet Amen. in the place of agreement. But Neil's a prayer warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jan. Uh -huh. Love you. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, yeah, Jen was a real spark to our, our prayer meetings, and I really appreciate her fierceness in prayer and her perseverance. Um, 
You know, it says uh, pray for all the saints, and we should be praying for the church. We should be praying for saints around the world. Uh, There's a lot of of Christians that are being persecuted right now in in the world. Uh, In fact, there's more persecution happening right now than all of history put together. And so we need to be praying for, you know, God's people all around the world. But And we do that uh, in corporate prayer. But Paul also says here at the end, he said, and also pray for me. And he says this, and I'm going to summarize it this way, to proclaim the gospel with boldness and clarity. Boldness and clarity. In the Greek, it's outspokenness, frankness, plain speech, concealing nothing, missing nothing, and then with courage, confidence, boldness, boldness and fearlessness, especially around rulers and authorities. And Paul did that. So that I can declare the gospel boldly as I ought to speak, so that it will spread unhindered, even though he was in chains. Guys, in front of you, there's a prayer card uh, in the seat. And I'm going to be really selfish this morning, and I'm going to ask you to take this prayer card and pray this prayer for me. This is, I, re- I prayed for you the prayer in Ephesians. This is the prayer from a Colossians uh, 9 through 11. I heard Charles Stanley speak on this one time. And he says, if you could pray any prayer for me, this is the prayer that I would ask you to pray. And I'm asking you for these three months that I'm gone to pray this prayer for me. But for also for Dennis and me, that you would also just write boldness and clarity at the bottom of this. Um, boldness and clarity to preach the gospel. Dennis and I and everyone, of, everyone who speaks from this stage, stage we want boldness and clarity to preach the gospel. So this is my last message for three months, and uh, I just want to say just a couple of closing things here. Um, I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. Uh, pray until something happens in your marriage, uh, in your, in, with your children, uh, for the church, uh, for revival, for this nation, for rulers and governing authorities for the persecuted church and for Christians all over the world. Just pray. Keep praying. Pray, pray, pray. We live in evil times and we need God to move. And, uh, and, and when we pray, things happen. God, God, God does answer. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this, or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.